Hello, and welcome to Converge Church. We're so glad you joined us today. Today's worship experience will begin momentarily. If you're a first time guest with us, we are honored to have you here. Please feel free to stop by the Connection Center in the lobby or ask one of our team members if you have any questions. We're here to serve you. And if you're a returning guest or you're part of our Converge family, we'd like to say welcome back. Once again, thank you for being our guest today and enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Well, hello, Converge Nation family and friends. We are back with week four of He Said, She Said, and The Truth. And as you see, we have special guests here with us today. We have Gregory McKinney. And so we'll allow him to introduce himself a, a little bit later. And we have our very own Shavonda Allen with us. Uh, they are representing the super singles. If you're at home, say whoop-whoop. And so if you are single, single again, thinking about being single, this message <laughs> is for you. That's if you're dating. If you're married, take it off the table. Right. Yes, you'll have to go and watch last week's sermon to be encouraged. If you're married, thinking about being single, we rebuke that now in Jesus' name. But we are going to have some fun. As you know, our series is entitled Versus. He said, she said, and the truth. If you're joining us for the very first time, the truth is the truth of God's word. We want to land there. In any relationship, you have your side, their side, and the truth. And so with uh, in relationships, there is a he said, there is a she said, but where we want to land is the truth of God's words without negating, celebrating the differences. Right. We don't want to nullify or do away with the differences. What we want to do is find a ground we can meet on and be peaceable, respect the differences, celebrate the differences, and let those differences be complimentary. And so singles, grab your coffee, <laughs> get your notepad, and grab your Bible. We will never leave out the truth of God's word. But in that, I do believe that there is a very practical side to being a spiritual person. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk about those, the practical challenges in being single in the 21st century and beyond being single in this day of so much saturation of um, social media and comparison, being single and trying to keep all your clothes on when you can really just do it your way. And so you don't have to take your clothes <laughs> off to have a good time. All right. See, all the 80s babies. Yes. Well, I yes. guess in the 70s babies who yes. were teenagers in the 80s, y'all know what time it is. That Jermaine Stewart. Come yes. on, somebody. So we don't want you taking your clothes off. If you have, just put them back on. Just say a quick prayer. If you're running from somebody's bedroom right now, Lord Jesus, just just, just sit Trapped down. Trapped in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. No, 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 no. Okay, let me leave. Okay. So anyway, right. as you see, we are going to have a good time today. We're we going to have a great time with our special guests. Can I just say this real quick? Mm -hmm. uh, just piggybacking off, you said, listen, if, if you uh, are married, we don't want you to tune out, right? right? We want you to stay engaged, right? Because again, all the principles we share uh, uh, today are transferable. It's the word of God. It's 
immutable, it's unchanging, and so we want you to stay tuned. Also, this is one of the things I've learned. A lot of people that we talk to, if they are in a relationship, they say, oh, well, I'm not single. If they're engaged, they say, oh, well, I'm not single. Well, if you're not, let me just put it in context. If you are not married, uh, we still put it in that single bracket. You may be in a relationship, but if you're not married, he hadn't put a ring on it, this is for you. Even, Even if, if you are married, and Even he has put, put a, a ring, ring on it. On it. It's all this the way not you. official yet, right, right. even though so, we celebrate the ring. So this <laughs> message, right, this message is inclusive, right, for single, single, again, engaged, dating, and even our amazing married folks. I just wanted to, to say that. Yes. Well, I think we're going to allow our guests to introduce themselves. For the, those of you that are watching for the very first time, I know we have people watching in from South Africa, in Liberia. From Europe. Yes, in Asia. Ireland, and so some of you may be joining for the very first time, or you might just be in Texas, and you say, hey, I want to check it out. And so we're going to introduce to some and reintroduce to others our special guests. So we'll start ladies first with Miss Shavonda. Yes, I'm Shavonda Allen. Um, I've been a member of Converge for since the beginning, basically. Um, All the way back to Prosper. Yes. <laughs> so that's been, it's 11 years in yeah. March. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then by, by profession, I'm a licensed professional counselor, um, licensed marriage and family therapist. She's got a lot of alphabets after her name. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And I love it. I love it. Yes. And I'm single again. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, am I saying amen to single again? I guess I am. Are we ce we're celebrating this season. It's yeah, where, it's this where season. I am. Right? It came to pass. Yeah. So, gentlemen, if you hear a word from the Lord. Come on, somebody. <laughs> While she is speaking, just send an email to echurch at weareconverged.com and we will vet you before we pass your information on. So she is single again. She's got it all together. But if you do not have good credit and if you still live at home with your mother, then we just want you to keep watching the services. Yeah, just keep watching. <laughs> Don't send no emails. Listen, we'll go to Gregory. Well, hello, Converge Nation. My name is Gregory McKinney. I am, I uh, feel like I'm with family now. Yeah. You know, uh, Pastor Ray and Pastor Wendy and I go way back, way back, way back, way back before either one of us had gray hair. So, right, uh, <laughs> right. Come on. I love these guys like family. It's a pleasure to be here. By profession, I am a life coach. I've been a life coach now for 10 years. So my job is to help people overcome obstacles to reach their dreams. I feel like it's my purpose in life to help you accomplish your purpose in life. And so uh, my tagline that I tell people every day is that your dreams aren't waiting. For, I'm sorry. You aren't waiting for your dreams. Your dreams are waiting for you. So if ever, you know, if you need help accomplishing anything in life, give me a call. Be here to help you. Awesome, awesome. Listen, Gregory, we feel the same way, right? The feeling is mutual. This feels like family. Shavonda, the same thing. This feels like family. And we're really excited because the focus, again, of today's uh, uh, talk, of our conversation, is going to revolve around what it looks to be, what it looks like to be single and successful as a Christ follower. In fact, we're going to dive into some myths that you guys are going to help us debunk, right? And, uh, and we're going to speak truth in those areas where there have been lies that people have chosen to believe. And uh, we say it here often at, at, uh, at Converge that you are, that we are the sum total of the voices we've chosen to trust yes. over the course of our lifetime. And some of those voices have spewed and have spoken lies. Uh, that words, ideas, paradigms, 
belief systems that weren't rooted and grounded and founded on the truth of God's word, right? So you guys are gonna help us, right, approach the conversation through the lens of a single Christian. Come on, in 2022. Yeah. It's the ball, the game has changed. This ain't, you know, Queen Latifah, they had living single in the 90s. You know, cause I'm living single in a 90s kind of world. Listen. That was 22 years ago. Yeah. We didn't need to say all we that. It is totally living in, We living in the trenches yeah. today. Yeah. Come on. And so when you consider, uh, this is not to be critical or judgmental or to, to be disparaging of some of the high profile divorces, uh, 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 you know, notably Devon Franklin, Megan Good, uh, Emmett and Pat Smith. Uh, uh, and I think the one that, I mean, really, the response that went viral was Del Curry and his wife. And there was this guy on Twitter who had, he said, man, listen, go back to your wife. You don't want to be out in these streets in 2022. It's totally different. And he went through this long list of what it looks like to date or to be single in 2022. And uh, you guys are going to speak to that and help us understand that. But not just understand, uh, to really give singles hope, right? Uh, that... Uh, there has been an unfair stigma attached to singleness, especially in the body of Christ for Christians. And, uh, and so we're going to speak to some of that honestly, directly, and, uh, and, and we're going to help debunk, you're going to help us debunk some of those myths with the truth of God's word. Yes, and I just wanted to speak to that uh, situation before we, we dive in. If you are single, I don't want you to, you know, turn turn this off and go watch something else. Right. I want you to hang in there. Uh, and especially being in the church, you talked about there is a lot of stigma around it. Let's look at the New Testament. There is no stigma around being single. Right. If we look to God's word, there are benefits in being single and there are challenges. There are benefits to being married and there are challenges. So if you're single and your grandmama keep asking you, when you gonna get married, is everything okay? Or if your mom is like, when I'm gonna get some grandchildren or whoever, or all your friends are getting married and you're feeling left behind or all your friends are married and you're divorced, we want you, we are telling you the truth. It is nothing wrong with being single. This is just a season. Some of you may say, I'm tired of this season. God does all things well. Yes, he does all things well, and we're going to lean in and trust him. But I want you to know that you do not have to wear shame. And you could be thinking, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor Wendy, you're sitting with your husband. We're not going to get into my testimony, but Pastor Ray is my second marriage. I know what it's like to be married and to come home and a man tell me, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And when I leave to go to work, he locked the do change the locks on the door. So that's a whole nother story, but I know what it's like to be married, to be single again, to be praying and believing God and thinking that I could never be married, that I was damaged goods. And so if that is you, I want you to know that it'll be okay. When you see Pastor Ray and I, we are living off of the sheer grace of God. And God is no respecter of person. He'll do it again for you. And the best thing that came out of me being married and being divorced is I would have nothing to tell you 
when we have sessions like this if I hadn't have been through that. That I could be haughty or think, well, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But I do know that God is faithful, yes, that he, he is. is a keeper, yes. that he is a redeemer, and he is a restorer in the area of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to leave that with somebody. If they're thinking about, I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to yeah. go watch something on YouTube. Hang in there. It's okay. You're okay. And God's put an endorsement on you that married and, nor singleness can take that away. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, that is, that'll preach. And to put that in perspective, when you think about the most successful human who ever lived, Jesus, he was single. Yes. And he was successful and fulfilled the purpose of God in his life. You think about Old Testament characters like Esther, and you think about Joseph. You think about Daniel and several others who God used to do great exploits. He used all of them in a season of singleness, right? And, and so we want to affirm you and celebrate with you in this season. And that's the operative word, right? It is a season. In fact, uh, 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 Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And so we want to celebrate and affirm each of you in this season that God has a plan for you and there are things that God is doing in you and there are things that he desires to do through you and things he wants to do for you in this season. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, without further ado, we're going to turn it over to our guest. We are going to tackle five myths, five myths about singleness, right, that we're going to address and we'll let you guys both weigh in. He said, she said, and then we're going to land on the truth of God's word about these myths. So here it is. Myth number one about singleness. I missed my chance. Come on. Over the hill. Ship already sailed. What say you? Let's go again to ladies first. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know personally it's a thought that I have thought um, over the years that, you know, Lots of things. I missed my chance. You only get one shot. You, you had your chance, you know, um, and, you know, we were talking earlier and I'm saying I think a lot of times that's just the enemy really making an effort to keep us hopeless, you know, and um, but it's, it's a real thought, you know, because you, you think, do I get a chance? You know, we're talking, do I get a chance to do it again? Do I get a do over? Um, how does that work? scripturally, biblically, you know, what does that really look like? And that can be confusing. And then, you know, if you're confused, the enemy's like, oh, let me jump in now. This is a good place to keep them, her, he feeling hopeless, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I definitely have thought that I missed my chance. I didn't stay stuck in that thought process though. Thank God for him um, being able to, cause you know, you have to pray when you start feeling hopeless, you know? And so then you're just like, all right, did I miss my chance? What does this really look like? And then God told me, everything happens in my time, you know? And so, and I know I don't want to be outside of the will of God. Right. So I believe that if this is to be again, it will be, and it'll happen in the time that God has set for. And that gives me hope that I can just have Amen. The writer of Ecclesiastes put it this way, he makes all things beautiful in its Time, not out of season, but in season. And, and this is what's important to understand, though. Uh, while we wait, while we wait, right? What we do while we wait matters. 
I'll say that again. What you do while you wait matters because our obedience to God schedules our seasons. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Right? So an 11 to 21 day journey from Egypt to the, to the land of, uh, of promise took them 40 years because of their disobedience. And instead of taking one lap around the wilderness, they took a, a 40 years in the wilderness because their disobedience delayed what God had already prepared for them. So while we say God makes everything beautiful in his time, our obedience to what God desires to do in our lives also impacts how soon we get from this season to the next, right? Because God wants to do a work in us of preparation, right? He wants us to be our best, the best version of ourselves for the next season. And sometimes it's not because we're waiting on God. It's like God's like, I'm waiting on you. So what we do while we wait matters. Gregory, what, what are your thoughts? Hey, listen, what I think is this. Um, if God's not done with me, I shouldn't give up on myself yet. So did I miss my opportunity? Uh, no, God, every, every morning that I wake up, God is saying, I'm giving you another chance. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on you. I still got plans for you. I still got a future for you. And so if God's not done with me, I'm not giving up on myself yet. And also to be careful not to rush God. Because one of my favorite oh, yeah. sayings, you probably heard this before, is the hardest thing, I'm sorry, how should I say this? No. Had a quote and I forgot it. No, here it is. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. Mm, wow. Can I say That's that again? Yes, that is all the real talk. Right, right, right. The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. So right? And so I'm careful to be obedient to God's timing. Yeah. To say, God, if you don't want me to have this blessing today, then there obviously is a reason. Yeah. And then what's also important when you come to thinking about did I miss my chance is are you surrendering to God's will for your life? Do I want what I want more than what God wants for me? Yeah. And so can I just surrender to what God says? I want to give you the desires that I have for you. You just wait in time. And when you're ready, you'll get it. Yeah. And so when it comes to choosing a mate, God, I'm not going to rush this because I want to make sure I do it right. Yeah. And I want to make sure I do it your way. Yeah. So let me just surrender instead of being saddened or depressed about why nobody's hitting me up on Tinder, why I'm not getting phone calls, why nobody's giving me DMs. Right. You know what, God? In your timing. Yeah. In your timing. And that's part of the challenge of being single in 2022, right? We live in a culture that suggests that we should have it now. Yes. It's a, okay. sort of this microwave mentality. And then we should have it on our terms. When God approaches this thing a little bit differently, he says, man, give this thing some time. Yeah. Let it marinate. Because again, famously, what we say at Converge is, you can't hide stink. Right, right. Come on. Listen, you, you can put it under a blanket. You can hide it under the bed. You can put it in the garage. But eventually, the stink is going to come out. Somebody's going to say, man, what's that smell? Yeah. It only happens if you give it enough, enough time. Jacob, who was single, when you read the record in Genesis, <laughs> saw Rachel, fell in love with Rachel. This guy was highly emotive. Yes. Scripture says he kissed her and started bawling. <laughs> Come on, that, that's, a, that's, that's a kiss. That's a kiss. Yes. And that's a response. This dude, in fact, the scripture, he started crying. It said he started weeping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? 
And he goes to, he goes to, to Laban, her father, and says, listen, I am so in love with your daughter. I, this isn't Laban saying, this is what it's going to cost you. This is Jacob going to Laban saying, I'm going to work seven years for her. That's the kind of value I've put on her, excuse me. But listen, what's he doing for seven years? Jacob ain't just working. He's doing, he's fulfilling the purpose of every courtship and dating relationship. The primary purpose <laughs> is reconnaissance and data collection. This guy ain't just sitting there watch, working for Jake. He said, okay, I kissed her and her kiss blew my mind. But for the next seven years, I'm going to give this thing time to see if that kiss was really real. Are you with me? You see what I'm saying? See what I'm doing with the text, right? Because it wasn't just him working. There were things that Rachel had an opportunity to observe about him. And there were things that he had an opportunity to observe about her. So give it, give it time. Yeah. And please don't hear, as we're talking about this, don't hear uh, a saying that God is just withholding from you, mm -hmm. that he's just going to make you suffer and he's right. playing this kind of game and he's going to see how much you can beg him and how long you can wait. That is not God. Mm -hmm. If we got into the details of our circumstance uh, or anybody's circumstance, um, sometimes in some situations you find yourself divorced because of the bad decisions, negative decisions, covenant breaking decisions of someone else. Yeah. Right. And so you find yourself in this spot, not because you wanted to upgrade, but because somebody, they didn't want to be married or they broke covenant or, and so you can find yourself in this season and it's not your fault. Well, don't turn your anger and your hurt to God and shake your fist and say, oh, I'm not going to serve you. You let this happen to me. And, you know, what's the use of going to church? The prophet in Malachi, in Malachi uh, 4 says, uh, I think it's 416. He said, what good is it to serve God when the righteous suffer and the wicked seem to prevail? Yeah. And God's response through the prophet was those who spoke about me, I listened in yeah. and I wrote their name in a book of remembrance. And on the day of calamity, I'm going to spare them as a father spares a son. Yeah. So when the people are throwing up their hands and saying, what good is it to serve God? God is watching. What are you doing while you're waiting? God is listening in. God is not trying to make you suffer because of someone else's bad choices. But what we have to remember, believers, this place is not our home. Right. And I'm going to pose you the question I posed myself 23 years ago when I found myself divorced and in Bible school and thinking I was damaged goods and nobody was going to marry me. You know what I put on my journal page? Is Jesus enough? Amen. Good. I had to ask myself because my emotions were saying that he wasn't going to be enough. That if God didn't allow me to be married, if I couldn't have it just Wendy's way, then that was going to give me license to be angry. That was going to give me license to sin. That was going to give me license to put things in my own hands. But I had to ask myself, do I believe in this thing I preach? That's so good. Do as a believer. Not as a TikToker or Instagrammer or an influencer, as a believer, when the rubber meets the road, 
is Jesus enough? So can I just jump in on that? Um, so something that I experienced a few, uh, I don't even know, months, years back, um, I found myself really wanting a particular relationship. And um, so two things happened. One, I noticed that this space that God had me in wasn't suffering, it was protection. And a lot of times we don't see that, you know, we just think, oh, well, nobody's interested and nobody's in my DMs. And what does this really mean? You know, have I missed my chance? Yeah. And I, God really had to sit me down and go, it's protection. Absolutely. You know, you don't know what is out there, but I do. Yeah. I can see it all. You have this very limited view. You have got to trust me. Huge and friend. then he told me. Is this relationship thing, this idea of marriage, has it become an idol? Ooh. Wow. Is it wow. something that I have put so high that it's higher than God? Wow. That's huge. I had, he checked me. Is God yeah. on the throne or is your flesh? He yeah. checked yeah. me. Yeah. He che yeah. And I, had, I was checked. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. very important point that you, that you, you raised. And, and one of the discoveries I made personally, uh, especially when I was single, is that what we define or what we reframe as isolation is really insulation. Right. When we feel isolated, cut off, alone, lonely, set apart. That's sometimes God's way, like you said, of protecting us. It's not isolation. It is insulation. It is God protecting us from anything that might delay or derail his yeah. purpose while he is developing something in us. Exactly. Yeah. So and if, it's, it's really if I could just add to that, yeah. also what we presume is punishment is really preparation. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. You know, God is saying, let That's me get good. you ready. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know. we're like, let me in. I want right. to jump. Right. Right. I want to go. He's like, if you go now, it's going to be disaster. Please go when I say go. Right. <laughs> and that's my testimony. I, at the time for my first marriage, I had not matured to the point where I knew that I could have a personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I knew all of the 12 steps to being a good little Christian girl. Mm -hmm. But when I specifically heard the Lord say, it is not time, like audibly the first time I. Do you not have that same testimony? Really? Wow. Hearing, hearing, wait. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and and, and I then went something ahead. in us sometimes will override. Right? Yeah, because yeah. we're like, what, 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 I don't want to wait. Yeah. It looks so nice. It, it all everything else, yes. right? Everything else lines up. Yes. Why? Why are we waiting? Yes. I'm just gonna. We we're yeah. like, we're like Samson when he says, "I want her." Bring, yeah. You know, give me her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's like we all the invitations way, I had gone out, and the Lord was speaking to me in dreams. Mm -hmm. So I heard it. I remember where I was. I was in the bedroom, and I asked the Lord, "Am I really supposed to get married?" Because here I'm preparing for ordained ministry and he just kind of went to church and I got some faulty uh, advice. I don't blame that person because I take full responsibility, um, not knowing God or not knowing his voice did not keep me from the consequences of my choices. Exactly. Yeah. But I wouldn't have a testimony today. Right. Now, that was not God's ideal. He didn't say, well, let me let this knucklehead so just go ahead on and do what she wants to do so she can have a testimony. <laughs> There's so many other things to testify yeah. about. Right. But what I can, what I learned is what uh, little Samuel learned. If you, we look in Second uh, Samuel, when God wanted to speak to the, the priest Eli, 
he spoke to little Samuel, his protege, his, his little intern prophet. And the Lord called Samuel and said, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up and he runs to Eli. He mm -hmm. said, yes, Lord, did you call me? And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. Yeah. He hears it again. Samuel, Samuel. He gets up. He goes back to Eli. Lord, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't. Go lay back down. He hears it again. Samuel, Samuel. He goes to Eli. Eli says, if you hear the voice again, say, yes, Lord, it is your servant speaking. What I learned from that is the intentional patience and love of God. Mm -hmm. Just because Samuel didn't know God's voice the first, second, third time, God did not start stop pursuing him. So God didn't stop calling him. So and so because we heard the voice of God and we didn't know it was his voice, God hasn't stopped pursuing us. No, he he's not he stopped calling us. That's he's right. not stopped blessing us. He's not, he's not withholding anything from us. No. And so sometimes we are taught the wrong things in Christ, well intended, but it's wrong. Yes. It's just because you don't know the voice of God. He doesn't get frustrated like humans and go on. We, or write you off. Write you off. You can see even on the internet when somebody is trying to get to somebody, they're knocking on the door, nobody answered the door. They don't just immediately turn around. They're banging on the door. It's clearly nobody's there. Going to the back door. Going to the windows. Looking at windows. And stuff. Yeah. So that is how God is in hot pursuit of us. Yes, he is. Even, and he's got good intentions on the other end of him catching us. So just know that if you've missed it, Number one, join the club. Number right. two, it's going to be all right. <laughs> and in the end, now when God speaks, I'm not confused. Right. And I know how to seek him out and make sure it's God and not Wendy. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, it wasn't for naught. Though I do have a testimony of that. I made a choice. God still, I'm living out Romans 8, 28. Mm -hmm. All things, we are living that out. Yeah. Work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And so you so may true. find yourself where you've missed it. You know what? Just confess that thing to God. God, I missed it. I am so sorry. The Bible says he'll so throw your sin, which is missing the mark, yeah. as far as the east is from the west. It says that in Isaiah. And he'll remember our sin no more for his sake. For his if he remembered it, he would just blow us up. We'd just be walking right, right. to the kitchen and it would be over. Yeah. But he remembers it because he chooses love. Mm -hmm over so us. Yeah. So myth number one, myth number one we said is I missed my chance. All right. We're going to counter that myth. We're going to debunk that myth with the truth of God's word and everything we've shared so far. So here it is. Truth number one. Uh, first of all, here it is. There's not a deadline for marriage. Right. Mm, the dead, there's no deadline that that's self-imposed mm -hmm. or is imposed by your family or even by culture but there is no deadline for marriage. It doesn't have to happen at 21, doesn't have to happen at 30, doesn't have to happen at 40. There is no deadline. So if God wants it for you, you won't miss it. You might also worry, here it is, that all the good ones are taken. Come on. There are people who feel that way, all right? And before we got married, I'm sure there were probably some moments of loneliness where it was like, man, are there any good ones left? But here it is. This is the truth bomb. Y'all ready for this? Ready. If you're still single, clearly there are state still great options available. You know why? Because if you're single, there are others 
just as great as you are who are single that are available as well. So don't think that all the good ones are thinking because you're a good one. You're a catch. You're a catch. And if you're available and you're available, there's someone somewhere out there that God has for you who's equally as great as you are. Let's go to myth number two. Myth number two. You guys ready? All right. Uh, myth number two. Pastor Wendy, would you like to read that? Myth number two. I don't have it. You don't have it. Okay. Mine skipped from myth one to three. Oh, did it? Okay. Myth number two. Myth number two. Here it is. My standards must be too high. Come on. Uh, let's, 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 let's go to you. Uh, yeah, you, you've got something, well, you know, Gregory? Who, who, who says they're too high? Mm. You know, I know what I'm worthy of. I have a certain sense of value, and not to sound arrogant. However, I think I'm worth waiting for, and I think that the person that I want to be with is worth waiting for. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do the wait because I want something that is uh, of substance. I want something that is long-lasting, yeah. and so I don't believe in rushing. And so when people say your standards are too high or you're too picky, I think, for who? This yeah. is my life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the one I got to live with this person and, and listen to them snore. You know? So, uh, come on, you know, somebody. Let me. Heaven forbid. No, I think, Heaven forbid. I, I feel a spirit in the room right now. I'm going to get you yeah, a yeah, good yeah, set yeah, of yeah, noise-canceling no, headphones. No, but you know what? That's what See, you need. We're, we're not even joking. Speaking of snoring, my husband is a USDA certified mm -hmm. gold Olympic award-winning. Shake winning. the house. Yes. Shake that. And the neighbors, Freak too. Oh, man. But let me tell you how good God That's is right. in the little things. So we, we've been married almost 21 years. There were many years I would either wake him up, tell him go to the guest room, or I'd get up and go to the guest room. Couple Throw years the pillow ago, at me. Yeah, I'd be shaking him. I'm just like, my, how can you sleep? Are you resting? You with all that noise. Yes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I decided to really live, even in the small things, because I'm not perfect. I was like. One day I just, I got tired of waking him up. He's gonna snore. Mm -hmm. And we're going on 21 years, it's forever. We're not gonna, when you go into the other rooms that you, there's no opportunity for yeah, ministry. Yeah, so it's just like, we gotta work something out. So I laid in the bed for three months and this is what I would pray. I said, Lord, you raised Jesus from the dead. You can give me grace to sleep through snoring. Then another night I prayed, Lord, you put Jonah in the belly of a fish. Yes. Certainly I can get grace to, 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 to sleep through some snoring. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, you raised Lazarus from the dead. I can have peace and sleep. And I promise you, I promise you, it doesn't matter. I can go to sleep. That's amazing. He's not God. ever stopped. I mean, I trusted God. But, you know, I'm the girl that trusts God for parking spaces. That was the first thing I learned how. Yeah. So I believe that whatever seems so crazy. Now, it took me three months of some sleepless nights and some, well, three and a half, actually. And I was frustrated. But, and I did get me some little melatonin gummies <laughs> to help in my prayer. <laughs> but I am telling you, it doesn't Ooh. bother me. It doesn't make me angry. I can sleep. And I had to trust God. I had to just say, you know what? You're going to be fine. You can just sleep, just rest. You have the peace of God that dwells within you. This is how it is. And I just, he's had sleep studies. Just, I used to ask him, do, 
do you need to have surgery on your adenoids? Yeah. And so, well, I should be wearing. I should be wearing. I should be. Yeah, I have one. Tell him why you don't wear it. When I asked him, baby, you went and got it. What did you tell me? Tell him. That it wasn't sexy. <laughs> you will prolong your life if you wear your CPAP. Yeah, so, no, so here's the thing. <laughs> okay. We aren't all off topic. <laughs> right, right. Myth busters. Number two, let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. No, but it is true. It is true, right? But can I just say this before we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's important for people to have deal breakers. Yes. So that the deal that you make doesn't break you. That's good. It's important to go into Snoring a relationship knowing. Snoring should not be a deal breaker, though. Snoring should not be a deal breaker, They right? make noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. If, you can pray a prayer like yeah. Pastor Wendy, and God can send you enough money to buy some noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. They do a trick, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I am I'm looking into other devices that are not. Yeah, anyway, let me ask you this, though, Shavonda. Mm -hmm. As it relates to myth number two, okay. right? Myth number two. Are high standards and unrealistic expectations synonymous? Are they one and the same? So when someone says, I have high standards, are they also communicating, eh, you probably really have unrealistic expectations, or are they mutually exclusive? I think they can be both, to be honest. I mean, so your high standard could be unrealistic. Um, your high standard could not. Right. But then we also have to ask, like, who, who's delineating high standard versus low standard versus average standard? Like, who's making that determination? I think that we just have ideals and standards, high, low. I mean, maybe we just shouldn't even label them as that. Right. We have what we want. Is it realistic is important. That's yeah. to me, that's huge because you want to be realistic. I had to face that because. For the longest time, even though I have a daughter, I was like, I don't want to date anybody with kids. And I had, is that realistic at 42 that I'm going to find a man who's of my same age who doesn't have kids? And then someone asked me, and if he doesn't have kids, why at 42? If he's not been married and never had kids, that could be a whole other set of problems in that realm, in that bucket, too. So, I mean, so you do have to question yourself, are my standards, do they make sense? from my situation, from my, um, my time, what stage of life that I'm in, you know, you have, you have to make sure, you want to make sure what you want matches your situation. You, you do want it to make sense. Absolutely. Your standards being created by yourself or culture. Right. Because a lot of times I think we have these standards because we're looking at what people are doing on, on social media. You know, uh, if, he, if he's not six foot with a six pack making six figures, then I don't want him. He's trash. He's not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's a lot of great men out there who may not necessarily fit, fit that profile or women who may not fit that profile that we're passing up because we believe what the world is telling us is what qualifies as quality. Yeah. Right. And that's hard. Again, in this social media age, you know, if you're scrolling on anything, there's um, a standard, you know, or there's um, what you see, right? right? And you might not be what you see right. that is considered um, upper echelon or the best of the best. And then so if, you're, if you get into comparing what you see on social media, which is so dangerous, um, you're comparing real to something that might not be. Right. And right. so you have, to be, you have to be careful that you say you're getting your standards from what makes sense for your world, what God has for you, and not what the world and society says right. is what's best, because that might not be what God has for you.
The way Stephen Furtick, the pastor, lead pastor of Elevation Church puts it is we compare our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what we see on Instagram is their highlight reel. It's the best of the best. Mm -hmm. But then we look at that and compare it to our behind the scenes, our real everyday life, and we're like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way you can match up to that. Uh, I heard you guys earlier, kind of sort of the pregame uh, show or your conversation, you talked about uh, preferences versus prejudices. Yeah. Sometimes those things can weave their way into what we call our standards, yeah. right? We bring in these prejudices, uh, we prejudge certain things and say, ah, nah, uh, or we might just, it, our, our standards are based on our preferences. You care to speak to that? Some more. Yeah, you know, a lot of times I think we, based on maybe our culture, where we come from, how we were brought up, or maybe just bad experiences that we've had, we don't allow a person to show us the gift that they really are. We don't allow the person to really uh, show up in their full self because we've already put them in a box. Right. I'm limiting you to what I think you are right. instead of opening my mind up uh, enough to, to really embrace all that you could be. And I think sometimes that hinders us because we uh, don't allow ourselves to um, go deeper than the surface. Right? So uh, it doesn't look good to me, so I'm just gonna pass it by, right. not knowing you could be missing out on a prize. Right. Now, I do think there is, uh, I do think everyone has a certain amount of prejudices within them, and everyone has preferences. Uh, and that sometimes is something that single people, as we're dating, to, to try to um, make sure we are, are aware of, that we're not letting that be an obstacle for us to actually missing out on what could be a, a really wonderful relationship. Right. And we gotta be mindful of those, that we have unconscious and conscious prejudices and biases. Right. And sometimes we have to kind of force ourselves to get out of the box yeah. so that uh, we can experience a bigger world out there. So just to be slightly controversial. Yep. Uh -oh. um, Please. That sounds good. How do you address for uh, what they say sometimes is that men are very visual? Yeah. And um, so again, so, how, how do you say that to, to this, the women out there where men are very visual, they like to see a certain thing, but then you're also saying like, go deeper. Is that realistic? Are, are men really looking past what they see to get to know somebody? Well, you're absolutely right. Most men are visual, and, but a lot of men are now, I believe, I see, well, I guess you travel in the, the same, I travel in a circle of men who are trying to uh, think better and higher. Mm -hmm. uh, so a man that's not able to go past the visual is a man you don't want to be with. Mm -hmm. So he should be automatically discounted. Uh, you want to find a man that's willing to say, I want to get to know who you are beyond what the aesthetics are. So are men majority visual, yes. Uh -huh. I don't think we're ever <laughs> going to get past that. I think it's always going to be there. It's yeah. always going to be present. But you do have men out there in the world who are able to say, I also want to look beyond the visual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that goes back to what we talked about. And women are visual too. Yeah, we are. You yeah. know, but women, women we pre-grained and we talked about how um, there's kind of a difference in, because I think generally speaking, women are more likely to look past right. someone who maybe not their preference visually yeah. because he's funny or, you know. Ambitious. They right, they're willing to look beyond. Oh, he got money. Yeah, that, yeah, that is something too, for sure, mm. right? They're willing to look beyond the, the surface to find other good qualities. Do men give women that same courtesy, Listen, so to speak? Hey, no, if Jay-Z <laughs> didn't have the money he got, ain't no way. 
Beyonce would have looked at him twice. He might be funny and right, right here. charismatic. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Because Beyonce came with her own pocketbook. Say again? No, she, no, she don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But let me, let me just close on this truth. Yeah. And then we'll go to number three. Uh, sure, it's possible to have unrealistic expectations if you're only interested in doctors who have Lamborghinis, but odds are your standards are a way for you to honor God. That's good. That's important, man. Yeah. When you look at your standards, when you look at your expectations, the question is, the filter is, are these standards a way for me to honor God? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. A life that honors God doesn't require a romantic relationship, but we should require that our romantic relationships honor God. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So here it is. Regardless of what your standards are, don't compromise or settle for less than God's best. Myth number three. Myth number three. Who's got myth number three? Why don't you read that for us? Uh, do you have myth number three, Gregory? Or I can I read it. it. I oh, you have it, Pastor yes. Wendy? Uh -huh. Okay, let, pass, so Pastor Wendy will read three, and then you'll read four, five. Okay. okay? All right. Myth number three. And then we got a bonus round, if we can get to it. <laughs> myth number three. There must be a reason I'm still single, and I'm not aware of it. Mm. Ouch. Blind spot. Ouch. I didn't expect yeah. to be attacked like that, Pastor Wendy. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> No, that's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, because you know, everywhere you go, there you are. Absolutely. Right. So, um, so sometimes you do have to question: Is there is there a reason God maybe still has me in this season? Mm. Have I done all my work? You know, have I processed what ended, and mm. have I grieved, and have I have I done my work? You know, yeah. and so. Um, but again, we go back to this is a myth, right? The the idea that there there must be a reason I'm not aware of. If that's the case, then what I know I had to do was ask God, what is that? Right. What, what am I not aware of? Because I, I need to know so I can, I can get on top of it. I can do what I need to do and, and get prepared. And that goes back to, you know, having that time is preparation. Right. Right. So if, if you are thinking that and you're, you're asking yourself, you know, wh what's going on that I'm not aware of? Why does he have me in this space? Ask him. God, why do you have me in this space? What do I need to know? What am I needing to prepare to be ready for that next season when, when it's my time? And yeah. that's Jeremiah 33 and 3, right? Mm -hmm. Where God says to Jeremiah, call upon me and I will answer. Yeah. Right. That's the first part. Mm -hmm. If we call upon him, he will answer. Second part, I will show you great and mighty things you don't know. Yes. So if you ever have a blind spot, first of all, go vertical with it. right? Absolutely. And, and so the way we define blind spots at Converge is... You know you have a blind spot uh, when you're oblivious to what is obvious to everyone else. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? That's good. Everybody can see it except you. Yeah. So self-awareness is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're not very self-aware, that's where community comes in. Yeah. yeah. Having your tribe and the right relationships who can help you see things that you don't easily recognize or 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 sometimes man sometimes it's just things we deny right oh for sure oh yeah right we refuse to accept mm -hmm. right and so uh, do you want to speak to that uh, at oh, all oh you know about, i can just echo everything that you just said i think that god is both comforting and confronting oh yeah 
but we got to be willing to be confronted by him and, Very good. and every day ask ourselves what is it you're trying to teach me yes. good what yes. is the lesson to learn here today mm -hmm. and when we do that I think that's the only way we can move forward yeah uh, and, and the willingness to have a tribe around you someone that can speak truth in, to you uh, because a friend that doesn't tell you the truth is not really a friend right you know, uh, I tell my best friend all the time, I give you permission to check me. Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't love me. Good. And being Huge. willing to have someone who is spiritually minded, has wisdom, to be able to speak truth in love to you like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And just to do a little therapy plug, you know, I always tell people and I describe therapy as um, a place to learn about yourself. You know, and so a lot of times people think, you know, well, you have to have something big going on. I've got to be, you know, super depressed or I don't have my life together. And that's not the case. Right. Sometimes you go to therapy to learn about yourself, you know, find those blind spots, see what you're not missing. You know, and your therapist might say, well, you know, ask your friends and family, you know, for some feedback. Sometimes that's a part of therapy, too. But sometimes just having a place where you can say whatever and process through things, you start to get some realizations and you learn so, you can learn so much about yourself. Absolutely. So Pastor Wendy, yeah, absolutely. I, we agree, concur. You guys, I think you're spot on with that. And I hope you guys heard uh, just some of those nuggets of wisdom that both uh, uh, Gregory and Shavonda shared. Pastor Wendy, why don't you debunk this third myth with the truth? Okay, what the truth says, it says, let's be honest. We all have things we could work on. But if people waited until they were perfect to have a relationship, there would be no relationships. On, mm -hmm. You're looking for someone who's going to love you despite your imperfections, just like you love your friends for theirs. Very good, wow. very good. All right, so there it is, myth number four. Myth number four, Shavonda, would you read myth number four for us and then, and then kind of talk about that? Yes, so myth number four, my singleness is a problem to be solved. <laughs> that's, that's a big one. Massive. Um, it feels huge. like that sometimes. Yeah, but and like I think a lot of that has, I think a lot of that is societal to some extent and practical, you know, because when you're single, you pay all the bills by yourself. You do all the chores by yourself. You parent the kids by yourself. So there is some practicality to this is a problem that a life partner could help solve. So there is some practical realities to that. Um, but at the end of the day, how I kind of manage through this is just understanding that singleness, while it has its downsides, has its benefits. And right now I'm languishing in the benefits of single because there's nothing like coming home and everything is where you left it. <laughs> The temperature is where you left it, and it can be set where you want. I mean, there's, there are lots of benefits to doing you. So um, so I, I'm trying to not definitely see it as a problem. Like I said, the, there's a practical side to that, right? And there are benefits to having a life partner. But, you know, you can't sit in it that that's all it is, is a problem to be solved, because then you're only seeing part of it, and you're not allowing yourself to see the entirety of what singleness can be. And so, yeah, there, you, you, you're lacking a life partner, but you also have a lot that comes with being single that you lose right. when you get a life partner. Yeah. So, you know, while it has its downsides, it's, it's not overall a problem to be solved. It just, yeah. it is, that's only a, a very narrow way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, Andy Stanley, lead pastor of um, North Point Church in Atlanta, mm -hmm. 
uh, said that every leader or every individual, when they're confronted with a challenge, should ask the question, is this a problem to solve or a tension to manage? Oh, that's good. That is good. Uh, and when it comes to singleness, yeah, I like no, it's huge. When it comes to singleness, because of some of the external or sometimes internal pressures, mm -hmm. we feel like I've got this is a problem that I need to solve. Mm -hmm. When the truth is singleness as a season is a tension and it is a very real tension mm -hmm. that I have to learn to manage. Yeah. Right. Whether it's the, with the kids or paying bills or what have you, it's not necessarily, okay, this is, this is bad. Because right. right. problems are bad. We want to get rid of problems. My singleness is bad. I want to get rid of it versus, okay, there are certain challenges and, and, and I'm being stretched in this season, mm -hmm. but by the grace of God and with the wisdom of God, I will learn to manage. Yeah. I will learn to manage this season because as we learn to manage those tensions, we grow. Right. There's no growth without the stretch, yeah. right? There's no growth without resistance, yeah. right? That's what weightlifting is all about. It's about the resistance that tears our muscles and in tearing the muscle, the muscle gets bigger and stronger. Yeah. So as it relates to this myth, the question, I think the question every single person should ask or all of us, right? When we're confronted with conflict or whatever mm -hmm. is, or with challenges, is this a problem to solve or attention to manage? Yeah. Yeah. I think when we look at it as a problem, Problem, problems bring on a certain amount of desperation. Uh -huh. anxiety. Anxiety. Yes, yeah. anxiety, um, clouded thinking. Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking Ooh. at singleness as a problem, we are not going to be operating in the best that we are. Yeah. And then that is going to be a problem because we're going to attract something that isn't the best for us, or we're going to yield to a situation mm -hmm. that we know isn't the best for us because all we want to do is get over this hump is just a problem. Right. And it so, clouds our judgment. Yeah, it clouds yeah. our judgment yeah. because yeah. we start um, scurrying about, oh, you know, you feel that desperation or it, it's on a deadline. We've watched a few, well, I watched a few movies doing laundry and everything. I love Nigerian movies. <laughs> and it's been, you know, a couple of them are so funny, like the single life or love the four letter word. And we see these, you know, singles, you know, they've got great careers, they've got great family, they have great friends, but because they, in the movie, they're viewing it as a problem, is there a serial dating, they're finding themselves in all these kind of crazy situations because they're just like, okay, well, I have my job and I, I've got my career, I've got this home, and I've gotta hurry up and be married and fill this void. They aren't themselves, they attract craziness and mayhem and it's good entertainment while doing laundry but it's really art imitating life where yeah. people are operating and so don't see it as a problem because it's, that's going to cloud your judgment you're not going to be your best and it is going to rob the your potential uh spouse of the best of who you are because you're not going to even operate and seeing them for who they are you are just trying to meet a goal like this is i gotta check my box and so i know i'm married it's easier said than done, but I can speak to it because I've already made all these mistakes. Spent all my tokens and probably a few of yours. And so <laughs> we just want you to be, we want you to be your best. And because we're landing on the truth of God's word, we don't want you to be, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, yeah. no thing, Good. but through prayer, giving thanks and supplications, make your requests known. That's if it. you want to be married, you 
Ask God, pray about it. You don't have to feel like, well, God knows everything. He knows I want to be married, so he should just send me somebody. The Bible also says you have not because you ask not. So ask, make it plain. You could do like I did. I got a journal. I wrote my negotiables and my non-negotiables down. I prayed. It was a two-year process for me. It could be a two-year process for you. It could be two months. It could be 20, yeah, 12 years. (laughs) It's just like, oh. But it can be, you know, it, 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 it can be. I wish I had the answer to, oh, follow these three steps and everything is gonna be okay. But one thing I do know, the truth that we can settle on is, God loves us yeah. and his plan for us is good yes, yeah. it is. plans to do us good and not to do us harm, to give us a future and a hope. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. Very good. And there's a beauty in finding contentment where you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're constantly trying to get someplace else, yeah. you know, send Boaz, you know, mm-hmm. find, I want to do this. I want to, you lose the joy of where you are. That's where you are. Because you're so focused someplace else. Again, there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want and letting petitioning God and saying, here's my heart, Lord. There's a joy in in just finding contentment where you are as well. Right. And I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, don't don't let next be the robber of now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we do that. So here's the truth to debunk this myth, and then we're going to go to number five, and that's where we'll close. It says, your life is not incomplete without a spouse. And you don't need to put your life on hold until you find one. This is huge. Big. A lot of people don't really live life and experience all that life has to offer because eh, I've got this, this void and I won't enjoy life or experience life until that void is filled. So inadvertently, you put your life on hold. We talked about that just for a quick yeah. second sitting outside, mm-hmm. you know, going to a movie by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Enjoying a nice restaurant, Enjoy, going on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same life, things yeah. that some people don't, they opt out of because they don't have a partner a or partner, someone to right. do that with, right. you know, and I have embraced doing all that, yeah. you know, yeah. if there's a movie I want to see, I'll ask, but if there's nobody that wants to go, I'm going to go. You're going right. to go. If there's a place I want to experience, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see if anybody can, but if they can't, I'm going to go. You're going to go. Because right. th- you still have to live Absolutely. and enjoy living, not just manage and not just kind of struggle or exist exactly i don't think that's what god has for us you know i think he wants us to have the best in every season right right yeah absolutely so here here's the truth and uh and then we're going to go to you to read myth number five and then uh but here it is weddings are not the first step to happiness just look at the life of jesus would you say that his purpose was incomplete because he was single? No. The same is true for you. Your purpose is not incomplete just because you're single. And we have to look no further than the life of Jesus. He fulfilled his purpose in the earth. John chapter 17. He says, I have finished the work. Now glorify me with the same glory I had before the world began. Myth number five, myth number five. Gregory, yeah, this is take a good us one. home. This is yeah. a good one. If I desire romance, I must lack satisfaction in God. Oh, Lord. Talk about attention that needs to be managed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you licked your lips on it too, man. Did Come I? on. Yeah. Come on, that non-verbal <laughs> communication. That was petitioning You licked your lips like yeah. LL Cool J on that one. Come on, somebody. LL. Come on, somebody. 
All right, talk oh, to us. Wow, wow, definitely, definitely is something that I think just because we are human beings, we're going to des desire companionship. We're going to desire affection. Mm -hmm. uh, it is normal, it is natural, but it should not be the lead. Right. Uh, we oftentimes will put sex and intimacy on a pedestal, yeah. and we find out that it lets us down all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is not anything that can sustain us in a relationship, but it does excite us to a point that where we are sometimes blinded by it. Mm, you know? Very good. Uh, and because you are a healthy individual, or a healthy human, you're going to want to be hugged and touched. Uh, that right. is perfectly normal. However, the tension comes when you don't see when will this journey end for me? I don't see the right. end date. No the end It'll be nice if God say, okay, December 17th, you're going to get those <laughs> cuddles that you've been wanting. But we don't know when that's going to happen. Right. And so we then try to satisfy those needs in ways that aren't uh, yeah. biblical. Yeah. Uh, right. But uh, God says, if you hold out, if you wait, I promise you it'll be worth the wait. Yeah. Don't we wish that life was like a NASCAR race? And by that I mean when you watch NASCAR, Mm -hmm. It's 500 laps, yeah. right? But there's a counter in the mm -hmm. top right-hand corner of the screen. Yeah. It lets you know how many laps you've completed mm -hmm. and how many laps you've got left. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot easier. Life yeah. would be a lot easier when we're going through the waiting seasons if we could say, okay, I did five laps, mm -hmm. and according to that counter, I've got 15 more. Yeah. Yeah. But doing that would be we were living and walking by sight. Yeah. Right, and not by faith. Not by faith. Yeah. 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 And Jesus invites us into a life of faith. Uh, we really don't have time to really deep dive this, but I do want to put yeah. some truth on what you said about romance and, and sex and physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. Because this is a truth as it relates to these very important needs that we have. God created us yeah. mm -hmm. to be sexual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. origin of it, right? God, that was God's idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And unfortunately in the church, we've kind of given it, you know, it's like Bon Jovi, you give sex a bad name. Yeah. Right. You know, we've kind of made it a bad thing when God created it. Yes. For our pleasure. Yeah. You see, mm -hmm. the challenge is when scripture says that it should be enjoyed within the confines and the covenant of marriage. Right. In the safety. In the safety of marriage. And if you have tasted that before, mm -hmm. uh, in whether it was God's way or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why Solomon says uh, in the Song of Solomon, he's going, uh, he's, uh, uh, the, the, the lovers are exchanging these, these romantic overtures and one of them, I think it's the man who says, let us not awaken love before it's time. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and so what he's alluding to is, man, we can't go there because it ain't time. Because if we open that door, mm. it's going to be hard to close. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to singles who have had those experiences, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, are single or single again? How do we manage that tension? Yeah. Hey, hey stuff that back in the box. <laughs> you, you know, it's something so funny because I saw something on Insta, in Instagram. There is a, it's not Instagram, TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's a youth pastor and he's talking to young people. It was on TikTok and he was like, sexual desire is it's energy. And he wasn't trying to diminish it, but he was trying to put it in a box that they could could understand it. Yeah. He said, it's energy. 
And so when you don't go and start searching and looking at things you're not supposed to, he said, do something to get that energy. And he was showing, he said, you can go and shoot basketball. You can draw, spend a few minutes with video games. And he was teaching them to not awaken it before it's time to try to steer them away and with something that they can understand. So if you find yourself in this spot, don't just go down this rabbit hole, then use that energy appropriately for something that is age appropriate, you know, for yeah. you. And so he's talking yeah. to the kids and he's got all these, you know, the, he's yeah. racing remote controls and everything. And I thought that was so good, you know, for kids because being on social media can get them in a bit of a tangle and awaken love before it's time. Yeah. And then before they know it, it wasn't anything of their own doing. They find themselves, but I saw. And so even though it was to speak to kids, it was for fifth to, to, to eighth graders, you know, ministry. Well, there is that psycholo psychology, that energy is transferable. Oh, yeah. So we it can is. take that energy and l lend it to something else more productive. Uh, and But it, we do have to also acknowledge that it is a constant thing. Oh, yeah. You know, you may have been able to defer it at noon, but then the 630 comes around and you're going to want to have to defer yeah. it somewhere else. Yeah. Right. That, that every day this is something I have to be conscious of, intentional of, so that I don't... Um, fall into sin it Absolutely. is and, and, and it goes to you know i saying for yourself i want to give god glory in this mm -hmm. area right. asking him for help with that but then, you know but then you got to be practical how do yeah. i do that in a world that is so super hypersexual yeah it's everywhere you look it's every tv show it's yeah. every commercial yeah. you know i remember um, when uh, my daughter was like two um, there was some Super Bowl commercial and something weird happened in one of the commercials. I'm like, it's, it's a commercial, you know, yeah. it's an hour too. We got to figure out how to yeah. navigate that. I mean, so it's it's just so pervasive. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's hard to stay away from something when you're confronted with it all day long, every day, sometimes, depending on, you know, where you yeah. work or and what you encounter. And it's celebrated also. It is. You know? It is. Yeah. So it's trying to, you know, like you said, you, Put that energy somewhere. Recognize that it is okay to have those feelings, desires, wants. It's it's there for a reason. God put it there. You don't want to pray it away or, or ask for it to go away. Um, it just needs to be kind of um, repositioned, however you need to, as often as you need to, to to you know not putting yourself in in compromising situations, not going certain places with certain people. You just have to be practical about. Mm -hmm keeping yourself in a situation where you don't right. and then you know then there's and knowing your grace. temptations knowing your temptations i know a young man who is 17 years old who had an issue with porn mm -hmm. and he would look at porn on his phone and what he did i was so proud of him is that he went he asked his parents can i have an old school flip phone and so he got rid of his iPhone. He has a, a phone that does not have internet access yeah. because he was devoted to glorifying God with his life. Yeah. So he removed that barrier, Huge. that, yeah. that channel for him. Yes. And there's yeah. even apps so, for that. There's programs you can put on your computer and your phone. Yeah. You can give somebody else that you trust the password. Yeah. Like right. yeah. have an accountability partner right. with your your celibacy and your desire to, to, to give purity, God glory yeah. in that. You, know, have a, you can't do it by yourself. Right. You That's not right. real. Yeah. Right. Wow, so many profound thoughts uh, just across the board. Uh, Gregory, Shavonda, Pastor Wendy, uh, thank you so much for your input, your feedback. Thank you for giving us this unique mm -hmm. male and female perspective on what it looks like to be a successful single in 2022. The game has changed, but mm -hmm. we commend mm -hmm. you and we celebrate yeah. you for walking this thing out 
with authenticity and transparency and in a way that honors God. You know, there, there's a few places in Scripture where the Word of God says explicitly this is the will of God. One of them is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, where uh, Paul writes, In all things give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Right? Another place where we find it is also, interestingly enough, in the same epistle, the same letter to the church in Thessalonica, and it has to do with our sexual purity, our wholeness, our integrity, and honoring God with our bodies and physical intimacy and, and even our sexual desires, right? So we're going to close uh, tonight's conversation not just on our opinions, not just with our perspectives, uh, but we really want to land, not even what, on what culture suggests, we want to land on what Christ has taught us and commanded us to walk in. So here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. Paul writes, for this is, here's that phrase, this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is sanctification? It's just a fancy theological word that means to be set apart, to be consecrated to be set apart for a very specific purpose. God's will is that you and I are set apart. And this is not just limited, again, to single people, because the truth be told, even people who are married have their own unique sexual struggles. So God is speaking to every believer, every Christ follower, and he says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, to be set apart, to be different than what culture demands and what it suggests. And this is what that sanctification looks like. It says that you should abstain from sexual immorality and that each of you should know how to possess, come on, to command, to control, not in our own strength or our own ability, but by the grace of God, with self-control being one of the nine fruit of the Spirit that God gives us the grace to live out every command he gives us, that each of us should know how to possess our own vessel in sanctification and in honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles. And so what Paul is saying is the unbeliever is at a disadvantage because he doesn't have the strength and the grace that is available to the believer in Christ. And so he says, you don't have to do it the way the Gentiles do because they are at a disadvantage. But you and I, those of us who are in Christ, have the advantage of the grace of God and the work, the abiding work of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live out the will of God. That's God's desire. And regardless of what culture suggests, regardless of what he said or she said, the truth of God's word is that God gives us the grace to live a sanctified life that brings glory and honor to him. That's where we're going to close. Actually, we're going to close with some final thoughts uh, from our guests, uh, Gregory, Shavonda, Pastor Wendy, and then I'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, first, it was a pleasure to uh, speak with all of these mighty minds here. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'll, I'll say this in closing is that being single is not a disease. Mm -hmm. It is something that you do not need to be cured from. You are a whole all by yourself. You so are good. somebody all by yourself. 
Uh, use this time to invest in yourself. The Bible speaks about seed time and harvest. Mm -hmm. Use this time to invest in yourself that you are sure that you are strong spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, professionally, all areas of your life. So when, when God does bring a mate to you, a partner to you, you are presenting yourself in the best form of yourself mm -hmm. so that you can be the best gift that you can possibly give to somebody. So good. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so my final thought would be to um, just check in with yourself. Make sure that you have not put uh, marriage and you know romantic relationship on a high pedestal and, and have idolized it so to a point where... Um, you know, you're not focused on the most important relationship, which is the relationship with Christ, you know. And so we just want to make sure that we have this desire for, you know, relationship and marriage in its proper place in our world. And then finally, just enjoy. Enjoy being single. Enjoy this time. It, you may not have it forever, so get the benefits of it while you can, you know. Um, hang out by yourself, go on vacation if you want to, enjoy rolling around the covers by yourself and having the temperature the way you want it and <laughs> not hearing any snoring if you don't want to, just enjoy the best that being single has to offer, knowing that it, it went, it's not gonna last forever, you know? And if it does, you know, you're enjoying it. So you'll get through it. Yes. Yes. I just encourage everyone to remain hopeful. Yeah. As long as God is God and he is God, there are good people out there. Remain hopeful, the Bible says, and be ye not weary in well-doing. For in due season, if you faint not, you shall reap, you shall receive. That's in Galatians. And so just remain hopeful. God is faithful. He loves you. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself, Jesus is enough and I can make it. it singleness is not a disease. Enjoy it remain hopeful and then we are all going to be invited to your wedding and we will eat good <laughs> free cake and celebrate the yes, goodness of God. Amen. 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 My final word for you, for us, is a word of prayer. Uh, why don't you join me as we agree together uh, for God's perfect will and his plan uh, to be fulfilled in our lives. Father, we love you and we honor you. And tonight as we close, we're reminded of your word in John 3 and verse 16 where your word reminds us that God so loved the world. That's you, right where you are. God so loved the world. He so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son, his very best gift in exchange for a relationship with you. And so today, Father, we thank you that we're loved by a God who is a good, good father, a God who is perfect in all of his ways. And today we rest in your love because you demonstrated your love. You just didn't talk about it, but you demonstrated your love for us in that while we were yet sinners, when we were at our very worst, you gave your very best. And so Lord, we find comfort. We find affirmation in that. Thank you for your promise in Ephesians 1 and 3 that declares that we are accepted in the beloved. And so Father, we rest in that. Uh, that we are sons and daughters of a good, good father. That you see us, you hear us, and God, you care for us. So Lord, we thank you for every word that was spoken tonight, especially your word. Seal it in our hearts and help us to walk in your truth. Because when we know your truth and walk in it, the truth sets us free. 
So Lord, we thank you for the freedom and the liberty we experience because of the truth of your word. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. And we ask it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. amen and amen. Listen, thank you so much for joining us for today's broadcast. Thank you again, Gregory, Shavonda, Pastor Wendy. Listen, make sure you save the date. Mark your calendars for Saturday, March 5th at 5 p.m. We will resume in-person worship gatherings on March 5th. Can't wait. Converge Worship. Shavonda's a part of our worship team, man. Pastor Wendy has some pretty awesome things planned for Converge Kids going to have a fantastic time, make it a family affair. Saturday nights, 5 p.m., Converge Live at 1611 Wilmoth Road in McKinney. We look forward to seeing you and yours. Until next time, God bless you. We'll see you then. by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting Converge Give along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.